0: You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of splatterpictures.net. Hello, and welcome to Panels of Blood, the podcast where I read you horror comics from all eras. I am your horror host, Wes, Dead Air Naib. First up, I'd like to thank Rick Hunter for the use of our intro and outro music, and of course, Chris Begarin for all the wonderful art he provides for the website. If you're just joining us, we are reading Afterlife with Archie. We are on the fifth part, so if you guys are interested in reading the story or listening to the story from the beginning... Then go back to the previous four episodes, and you can start right at the beginning. Also, in the first episode of Archie Palooza, I give a little backstory about how this whole Archie horror imprint started, and a very brief history of the Archie comics in general if you are interested in that, too. I'm super excited to get to the end portion of the first volume of Afterlife with Archie, so without further ado, I give you Issue 5 of Afterlife with Archie. Story by Roberto Aguirre Sakaza, Artwork, Francesco Francavilla. Letters, Jack Morelli. Creative Consultant, Jesse Goldwater. The first page, black and red. We see a red sky, the black silhouette of playground swings, wind kicking up leaves. One of the swings is broken and dangles. Scrawled across the bottom of the page. We've lived here all our lives. And we're never going to come back. Are we? Establishing shot. Lodge Manor. Night. The caption reads, Butler's log. Maintained by Hubert H. Smithers. We see Smithers through a doorway. He's standing in the kitchen. He's preparing some tea. His caption. My family has served Lodge Dynasty for more than 70 years. 72 years, to be precise. Smithers now walking towards the camera. He's carrying a tray with a hot beverage. My father was valet to Humperdinck Lodge. They fought alongside each other in the Great War. Now, I serve his son, Hiram, and we fight our own war and tend to the casualties. As best we can. We see Smithers setting down the tray, next to Archie's mother, Mrs. Andrews. She looks shaken. She has a blanket over her shoulders. She's holding it tight. Smithers says, Calming tea, Mrs. Andrews. I've also prepared some cucumber sandwiches. Now, a flashback. Smithers is a young boy. His father, dressed as a butler, dusting behind him. Smithers' caption, My father trained me well. Smithers' father. Anticipate everything, Hubert. Where your employer goes, you go. You are but an extension of his will above all else. Never contradict him in public. Is that clear? Yes, father. We live in this house, but we are not of this house. Do you understand? Yes, sir. We now see the two men sitting at a table. Smithers' father goes on to say, Be indispensable and invisible. See everything, but only be seen when you're needed. And always, Hubert, be discreet. Smithers' captions. I learned those early lessons well. We see Hubert Smithers standing in the rain with an umbrella staring at a gravestone. I buried my father at the corner of Pickens' Graveyard. I didn't presume to ask Mr. Lodge if we could inter him in the grounds of the manor he so dearly loved because, well, we live in this house, but we are not of this house. Still in flashback, we see Smithers helping Hermione Lodge to carr His caption, When Hermione Lodge went into labor six weeks before she was due, while Hiram was away on, personal business i escorted her to the hospital miss large my bag smithers smithers already in the car miss and i've phoned dr masters they're all waiting for you we see mrs large lying in bed in a hospital smiling cradling the baby veronica Is smithers i held miss veronica in my arms before her own father did miss large isn't she the most precious creature hubert Smithers. Magnificent, ma'am. Miss Lodge. Smithers. You know my husband is, let us say, easily distracted. And that my health, well, my health is somewhat precarious. Smithers. Ma'am, she interrupts. Let me finish, Smithers. A close-up of Mrs. Lodge's eyes. Should anything happen to me before Veronica's old enough to take care of herself, you'll look after her, won't you? Above all other concerns, a close-up of Smithers. He seems to take those requests very seriously. The baby Veronica reaches up to his face. He pauses, then speaks. Of course I will, ma'am. Above everything else. We now see Veronica's father, Mr. Lodge, kneeling at his wife's grave. Smithers' caption. I was there, in the graveyard behind the manor, when Hiram Lodge fell to his knees, sobbing begging his dead wife's forgiveness for all his transgressions. Standing in the background is Smithers, behind a tree, in heavy shadow. I was, as my father advised, invisible. But I saw it all. I see and hear everything that happens in this house. From off panel, we hear a voice. So relieved you thought to come here, baby. We see, sitting together, is Chuck and Nancy. Nancy, if you'll remember, was at Pop's diner with her date, Ginger. Chuck doesn't seem to be aware of that. No one really seems to be aware of uh, the true nature of Nancy and Ginger's relationship. Chuck says, I've been texting you for hours, Nancy. But my phone just kept saying, Message failure, or message undelivered. Nancy. Mine too. When, when Ginger and I rode by the school and saw those those things running around we were like from off panel ginger gosh hopefully Chuck's not in that mess because that would really suck quieter ginger speaks luckily though you survived well done poppy ginger's got her arms crossed she's leaning against the wall she's not happy that Chuck's alive um after all ginger is in love with Nancy and I guess Chuck is Nancy's beard Chuck goes on to say while he holds Nancy's hand. My first thought when all the craziness started going down was, thank God Nancy's always hated school dances. Otherwise she'd be here. And it might have been her and not Ethel that... That... A close-up of Ginger's eyes. She glares at the two. Yeah, it was super fortuitous set of circumstances that led me and Nancy not being at the dance. I mean, gosh... If you wanted to, you could maybe even read into that seemingly innocuous fact. Nancy, Ginger, please, for me, stop. Stop it. Nancy has an expression of pleading with Ginger. Chuck looks genuinely confused. Chuck speaks up while his arm is still around Nancy. Yeah, and if you don't mind Ginger... An hour ago, I wasn't sure I was ever going to hold my sweet baby in my arms again. So if you could give us a little privacy. Ginger. Right. Sure. Enjoy your reunion. As she turns to leave, she stops at the doorway and looks back. But word of advice, Chuck? Don't call her baby. Chuck, huh? Ginger, pointing a finger at the pair. She's not your baby, Chuck. She's not anyone's baby. Ginger, leaving the room, slams the door behind her. In the foreground, we see Smithers walking by, his eyes in the direction of the commotion. His caption reads, I see things as they unfold. I make my mental notes and I continue on my way. And we see Kevin in the doorway greeting Smithers. Smithers says, Master Keller, Kevin. Smithers." oh hey in caption i'm on a quest to find the game room can you point me in the right direction in the game room we see standing over a pool table holding a pool cue is reggie he's silent motionless then suddenly in a fit of rage snaps the pool cue and slams his fist on the pool table that's what you get midge that's what you friggin get kevin off panel reggie Reggie turns, sour look on his face. Who? Keller. Kevin, walking through the door. I... I was just... Veronica said she might have some archery stuff in here and... Reggie stares at him, stone-faced. Kevin. Look, Reggie, I know we're not close, but of all people, I get what it's like to have feelings for someone who doesn't or can't like you back. A close-up of Reggie's face, he's starting to look enraged. The hell are you talking about, Keller? Kevin puts his hand on Reggie's shoulder. Midge, I know how you felt about her. I mean, we all knew. Reggie smacks Kevin's hand away. Back the hell off, Keller. Get your sick, nasty hands off me. Kevin seems shocked. Reggie pointing an accusing finger. Never do that to me again. Ever. You hear me, perv? Kevin, clenching his fist, gritting his teeth. Don't worry, Reggie. Kevin, socking Reggie right across the jaw. I won't, you douche. Uh, Kevin, by the way, is one of the first openly gay characters in the Archie universe. We talked about it in a previous uh, episode, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, yeah, Reggie being the douchiest Archie character is a homophobe on top of everything else. So, good luck, Reggie. Good fucking luck. Establishing shot. We see Smithers with a cup of coffee watching the security monitors. On the monitors is Kevin knocking out Reggie. His caption. My eyes on the man of security monitors. I take note of Mr. Keller's combat skills. He's been trained, possibly by someone in the military. Could be useful, I think. As I wonder, with the growing dread, what other dramas... unfolding tonight. We see Jason and Cheryl. Jason shouting at Cheryl. Insane! You made us leave our house! Come here! And now this Cheryl? I see exactly what you're doing, and it won't work. Cheryl. She's leaning on the bed and grinning. What, Jason? What am I, quote, unquote, doing? Veronica said to pick a room. I picked this one. We see now, as the camera pans out, that she's sitting next to Dilton. That all right with you, Four Eyes? You don't mind a roommate, do you? Uh, 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 no? Cheryl. Terrif. So I get the bed, you get the floor. A shot of Jason's face, looking shocked and angry. Cheryl's voice from off panel. And Jason? We'll have to make other arrangements. A close-up of her face. I hear Moose in Midge's room is available. Jason's so furious that he's pulling his hair. While he shouts, Cheryl leans casually on the bed, while Dilton lamely sits next to her, like some kind of weird cuck. You witch! You're torturing me! Why? And why now? Cheryl. Haven't you heard, JJ? There's a zombie apocalypse going on, which means everything changes. In other words, the status quo, c'est fini. And now we have a shot of Veronica holding a candelabra, singing Mr. Sandman, walking up the stairs in a nightgown. It is one of the most gothic images in this entire book, and I love it. And she sings, so if you'll indulge me. mister Sandman Bring me a dream Make him the cutest that I've ever seen Give him two lips like roses and clover Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over She hears from another room It's okay, Archie Let it out It's all right A close up as Veronica peers through the light of the room She looks horrified at what she sees. We hear Archie's voice from off-panel. Oh, God. Betty. Oh, my God. We see Archie curled up in Betty's lap. Tears streaming down his face. Betty comforts him, stroking his hair. Archie. I... I killed him, Betty. I killed my dad. Betty leans in to console him. No, Archie, that thing wasn't your father, that was something else. I I could've, should've done more. Archie looks up to her, with tears in his eyes, and she leans in, close to his lips. From what you told me, you saved your mother. If you could've done more, you would've. Everyone knows that. She strokes his face, wiping his tears away. The fact that you even went out to look for our parents. I... I didn't find any of them. But the fact that you tried. You're a hero, Archie. The same shot of the two looking close to each other. Betty caresses Archie's face. Archie. Some hero. If the others saw me like this. Betty. They won't, Archie. And I won't tell them. But listen to me. A shot of just Betty's face, her eyes closed. Whenever you need to be with someone who's not going to judge you. Who will love you for exactly who you are. I'm here for you, Archie. Always. Veronica watches from her vantage point. A close-up of her eyes. Archie. Oh, God, Betty, thank you. You don't know what that means to me. Smithers now immediately gets up. We can see that his spot where he was watching from the security monitors is empty. His cup of coffee still steaming, and the chair has a line to indicate that it has just been swiveled around. So he quickly got up after monitoring that situation. Veronica, crying heavily, her head in her hands, Smithers now in a doorway, walking in on her. He speaks. Miss? Veronica looking up. He went to her, Smithers. After everything that happened to him out there. Archie went to Betty, and not me. That... that says it all, doesn't it? Smithers' caption. Boundaries. My father counseled time and time again. Don't get involved, he warned me over and over. A panel, a close-up shot of Smithers' face, looking sad. But he's been dead these twenty years, and I promised Hermione Lodge I'd look out for her daughter's interests above all else. Smithers speaks meaning no disrespect, miss. Archie Andrews doesn't deserve you. Veronica looking up with tears in her eyes. Well, of course not. But what does it matter if I love him? The panel pulls back on the two. Smithers says, In that case, miss, let me also say, this war is far from over. Veronica, Composing herself, she closes her eyes. She then opens them and reaches up to take Smithers' hand. Oh, Smithers, you are a godsend. Establishing shot, outside of the manor, the solarium. Caption reads, The West Pool, enclosed within the solarium. We hear, bang. Standing there, solemnly looking down at the covered pool where the zombified Midge and Moose were trapped, is Reggie. Reggie says, Midge. We see inside, the zombified Midge, neck deep in water, banging, trying to get out. She rages. Reggie, reaching to the control box of the pool cover. Hold on, Midgey. I'll get you out. Off panel. Reggie? Dilton, I came out here to get away from the creepy gingers and to check out our prisoners, but, um, what the heck are you doing? Reggie, we see from behind him, a whoopee-capped wearing silhouette. Nothing doily cripes. Why can't everyone just mind their own? The zombified Jughead from behind slams his hand on the glass and it cracks under the pressure. Reggie's shocked. The hell? Dilton and Reggie, stepping away from the glass, looking scared. Dilton. Reggie, let me help. Reggie. Holy shit. Look. Look, four eyes. And we see the entire zombie horde of Riverdale, or at least the majority of it, banging on the glass as it begins to break. Dilton. The Solarium's glass isn't shatterproof. Reggie. No, duh. Why the hell would it be? Dilton. Dilton. Archie, we have to tell. Dilton now behind Archie. Archie entering the manor's gym. And there is Mr. Lodge. Lifting weights, getting diesel. He's wearing a tank top and his muscles all glistening and shit. He's got like this old man head. I like it. The caption reads, the manor's private gym. Archie, Mr. Lodge, you have cameras all around the house's perimeters, right? Of course, Andrews. What a question. A close-up of Archie. Awesome. Show me. And so, we have Smithers looking at a bank of monitors. Behind him, Mr. Lodge, Dilton, and Archie. Mr. Lodge. Cameras 32 through 41, Smithers. Smithers. Yes, sir. Archie. Oh, man. We can now see the security cameras, and there are zombies filling each and every monitor. Archie's caption. It's bad, gang. They've, like, totally surrounded us. In some places, they're three or four zombies deep. It's like they knew we were here and amassed an army of darkness to invade. Which is why, I think, as crazy as it sounds, we need to load up with provisions and leave Lodge Manor. It's now all the survivors standing in a room. Mr. Lodge and Veronica and Smithers on one side, the rest on the other. Mr. Lodge, Are you deranged, Andrews? The manor's defenses will keep those creatures out until help arrives. Archie. What help? Who even knows we're here? I mean, besides the zombies. I was out there, Mr. Lodge. Riverdale's on fire. If we stay put, it's only a matter of time before we're eaten or burned alive. Take your pick, Mr. Lodge. There's food here. There's power. Be logical, you Dimwitted. Archie now angry, pointing his finger at Mr. Lodge. Logical? My best friend's a flesh-eating ghoul. So's my friggin' dad. I know because I beat him. It to death with a baseball bat. So don't talk to me about logical, old man. Veronica. Archie. You'll never get him to agree, so don't even try. Archie. Damn it, Mr. Lodge. I love this town, but I don't want to die here. And I don't want your daughter to die here. Mr. Lodge. You insolent whelp! How dare you! Smithers. Sir, if I might interject. A profile shot of Smithers looking down as he explains. My father, as you know, fought in the war. Right before his tour of duty ended, he and his platoon were caught in a burned-out building, surrounded by the enemy. My father was the smallest, fastest member of his troop, As a last-ditch effort, he was ordered by his commanding officer to try to slip past the enemy and return with reinforcements. By a miracle, my father made it out of that building and back to his base camp, then returned the next day with an elite squad. A shot of Mr. Andrews looking to the side as he listens to Smithers continue. But he was too late. The enemy had rushed the building. His entire platoon, all his friends were dead and butchered. Smithers, Veronica, and Mr. Lodge, facing each other in a panel. Mr. Lodge. Your point, Smithers? Smithers. I would never contradict you, sir. But, in this case... Close-up shot of Smithers. I don't believe reinforcements are coming. And, as well stocked as I keep our cupboards, our food supply is limited. Only planning for three, wasn't I? And I've started to ponder as well what will happen when our generators run out of fuel. Veronica reaching out to her father. Please, daddy. Listen to Archie. Mr. Lodge pauses, saying quietly. Damn it to hell. A close up shot of Mr. Lodge's face. Since they're surrounding us, Andrews, how in God's name would we even get out? Close up of Archie's lips, he smiles. That? That's easy. Follow me. And so... Archie now, leading Mr. Lodge and Smithers to the grate which he escaped the manor from earlier. There's a grate in the pantry that leads to the sewers. Once we're in the tunnels, we can follow them all the way to the outskirts of... When he opens the door, the grate is stuffed with two zombies crawling and trying to get out into the pantry. Betty, Archie, Mr. Lodge, looking shocked. Archie. Oh, crap. Mr. Lodge. Brilliant. Typical Andrews. Archie slams the pantry door shut. Don't worry. I have a plan B. Outside the manor. Smithers, Mr. Lodge, and Archie crawl out onto the terrace. Caption. The manor's south terrace. Archie. It's lucky you're in charge of basically everything, Mr. Lodge. (laughs) Hmph. Smithers and I can make the display last 10 minutes. Will that be enough time? Archie in a circle panel. Should be. We just need a head start. In the kitchen, Archie, Reggie, Dilton, the other survivors all surround the table as Archie lays out the plan. And so, in the kitchen, Archie. Once the display starts, we'll wait five minutes for them to assemble on the south side of the manor Then, we'll sneak out to the East Wing's delivery entrance, since that's the closest to the woods that run alongside the highway." A close-up shot of Archie. And this entire page actually has a a lot of different panels, 12 in total. it's, It's a really classic, old, dense page. I like it a lot. Archie. Kevin. You and Ginger are on bow duty. And we see Ginger and Kevin, armed with archery equipment. Kevin. Yeah. Ginger. We're on it. Betty, you've got my mom? Betty, I... I... We see Betty and Mrs. Andrews and Veronica next to her. Veronica steps in. We'll make sure she's okay, Archie Kins. Archie looks over to Smithers. Smithers? Smithers caption. It's a lunatic plan. So lunatic it may, perhaps, work. Smithers. The first rocket should be launching in 20 seconds, sir. Archie. Awesome. Get ready, people. We move quiet. We move fast. We move as one. Veronica says aside to Betty. What's your problem now? Archie not showering you with enough attention at the moment? Betty. No, Veronica. Those zombies in the pantry? She turns to Veronica, crying. They were my mom and dad. Smithers. Puts a finger up. Listen it's begun. Now, outside of the manor, we see a brilliant fireworks display. Smithers narration. Every year Lodge Industries sponsored the 4th of July fireworks display which concludes Riverdale's annual Independence Day celebration. We launch the rockets from the manor since it was built on the town's tallest hill. Hermione Lodge began the tradition to give back, she liked to say, after she died Hiram continued it, grudgingly. Each July, he threatened would be the last, a waste, he would mutter. Ironically, then, it was Hermione's generosity, even in death, that saved Hiram and their daughter, and her friends, from certain doom. Because, you see, the fireworks did exactly what Archie Andrews predicted they would do. We see the zombies, Ethel, Jughead, and the rest staring up skyward at the display. The creatures turned from the manor and focused instead on the beautiful display in the night sky over town and moved towards it. There was something childlike about them. They were captivated as if some sliver of their former selves existed beneath the corruption, allowing our motley crew the opportunity we so desperately needed. We see from the door A darkened door, eyes in the hand, of our survivors, just as the zombies had left. Archie carrying a pitchfork, and the rest of the survivors leaving single file. The caption continues. To slip out of the manor, behind our fearless, unlikely leader. A red-headed boy, who has finally, at long last, become a man before my very eyes. Passing through the Lodge family cemetery, where a young woman... I couldn't be more proud of stopped in front of a tombstone we see Veronica sadly looking down at her mother's grave Smithers we shouldn't linger miss Veronica just a quick goodbye, Smithers Smithers of course miss forgive me take your time the party silently moving through the woods as the fireworks blare behind them Smithers narration before plunging into evergreen forest following a path that runs parallel to Route 17, straight out of Riverdale. We had one unfortunate encounter with a straggler, the former Coach Cleats, I believe, but he was readily dispatched by a pair of well-aimed arrows. And sure enough, we see the zombie Coach Cleats coming upon the party, but then two arrows, one in the chest and one right in the head. thump. And then we see Ginger and Kevin smiling at each other while aiming their bows. Kevin, call it next time, Ginger Spice. You call it Queen Arrow. The party makes it to the limits of Riverdale, and they look back. Their entire town is on fire. Smithers narration. After that, we didn't see another soul, living or possessed, until long after we'd left Riverdale. The town we all loved so dearly behind. We see Smithers writing in his journal by himself. A large fire that the survivors are warming themselves around. While Kevin and Ginger keep watch. We see Archie sitting next to Betty. And we see Mr. Lodge standing behind them. We now have a panel of a full moon. It lights some naked trees creating a gnarled cluster of branches. On the face of the moon is a very distinct image of a skull. Smithers caption. But that is another tale for another entry. For another day. If we survive to see the morning. End of book one. And that is it. That is the conclusion of the first volume of The Afterlife with Archie comic book. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that. If you are thinking to yourself, Damn it, Wes! What happens next? Well, it's all the more reason for you guys to go out and get yourself the next issue of Afterlife with Archie, and you can find out what happens to our characters. Also, just to remind you guys, as we're reading this story, I honestly feel like I'm not doing it justice. I mean, you really need to get the visuals uh, clearly in your mind if you can. So... Go out there, pick up the first volume, get it digitally if you have to, but you definitely are gonna wanna look at all of the beautiful artwork and the cool, creepy coloring and all the work that went into this book. It, it, It really is fantastic. As you've stuck with me for the past five episodes reading Afterlife with Archie, you can see how emotional that the reading can get. You can see how much love and attention to detail to the Archie universe, but not only the Archie universe, but to horror in general. All of the references to well-established horror films, they're so lovingly included. And not in a way where it's distracting, where you think to yourself, oh my god, here's the homage to this. But in in a way that just seamlessly is incorporated into this story, it feels very, very, very cool to, to read it. Especially when you know all the extra little bits, but it totally works without it, I feel. Anyways, this was just the first part of a two-part Archie-palooza. You don't just say palooza for no reason. That's right. Afterlife with Archie is the perfect place to springboard into the next book that we are going to be reading. Volume 1 of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And next week, which will be our first episode in the spookiest month of the year, October, I will be giving you the deets on everyone's favorite Archie spinoff character, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and how she went from cute and cuddly to satanic and dark as fuck. But that's all next week. Until then, I am your horror host, now and forever, maybe even beyond the grave, Wes, Dead Air Knife, and you've been listening to Panels of Blood.